0: Welcome to Real Marketers, where we hear from marketers who move fast, ask forgiveness, not permission, obsess about driving results, and are filled to the brim with crazy ideas and the guts to implement them. This is not a fireside chat, and there's absolutely no bullshit allowed here. And I'm your host, Stephanie Cox. I have more than 15 years of marketing experience, and I've pretty much done about everything in my career. I believe speed is better than perfection. I use the ox for comma. I love Coca Cola, have exceptionally high standards, and surround myself with people who get shit done. On this show, my guests and I will push boundaries and share the real truths about marketing and empower you to become a real marketer. So, first question tell me something about yourself that few people know.
1: So, I uh, love to read. And actually, my first kind of journey into entrepreneurship was launching uh, an online bookstore with my dad for uh, rare and used first edition books. And that's something that's a little bit obscure about me, but it's something that uh, I think about and and collect books now like all the time.
0: So how did that love for like rare and obscure books come to be?
1: Uh, So, you know, my, my dad was into it and we would... And I was just such an avid reader as a kid. And so I would look for new books that that came out from new authors. And then we'd go to a book reading and I grew up outside Boston. So we'd like go to a book reading, get it signed. And then all of a sudden we had this really cool collection of of books. Um, And then we started going to yard sales and um, thrift stores. And it was just a fun thing for us to do together. And then I was like, hey, let's actually like put these online and see if we can, you know, make a few dollars from this. And it's always, you know, it's never been a blockbuster business, but it, but it definitely, you know, brings in a few hundred dollars a month.
0: Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about your, your day job, which is all in the world of influencer marketing. So let's get started maybe with like, what does influencer marketing mean to you?
1: So influencer marketing to me is, um, uh, finding creators who are actively, uh, creating content, putting it out into the world, um, and then amassing an audience organically of people who just find their content, love it, and want to learn more about this person and want to, you know, get more of their content. And that's what like becoming an influencer is. And then the influencer marketing part is how do we pair brands with these great creators, so they can really make uh, make money and and really like see this as a viable career path forward, as they're you know creating that content all the time.
0: So I guess like first question: How do people get started with being an influencer? Like, where does that come from, and how do you know that you should or that that's a real career path you can take?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with the younger generation now, a lot of people want to be creators (laughs) because they are so used to seeing, you know, their favorite creators just grow up in front of them on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, And definitely, you know, teenagers, 20 somethings really are like all over it. Like this is a real career path. I can make serious money here if I focus on it. Uh, But I think the one biggest thing that that I look for is, is this person already creating a ton of content? You know, are they already really experimenting with, you know, different formats and different types of content? Are they really thinking about how they're crafting their story and what the copy looks like? Um, And you'd be surprised at the number of people, actually, Stephanie, who would who reach out to obviously and they're like, hey, can you make me an influencer? And, you know, they have like five followers on their account. And it's like, no, you you can actually do a lot of this yourself. You can really get started. You can get that traction yourself we come in once you're really showing momentum. Um, And so I think one great thing about becoming an influencer is that you can do so much of it on your own, like from your, from your bedroom, from your basement, from your garage. Um, And, and so many huge influencers just started out that way with like a ring light.
0: So to that point of you need to have more than five followers, you know, how do you know that you're creating the right amount of content where this makes sense or what, what is the amount of content that like an influencer should create in order to take it seriously? So yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really
1: what I'm really looking for is someone who is um, really excited about the process of creating the content and who is experimenting, trying new things. You know, they're not trying to skate by with the least amount of content possible. Um, You know, there are a number of hugely successful YouTubers who they were really known for posting, you know, Tati Westbrook's a great example. She would post every single day to YouTube, sometimes like, you know, a 20 to, to 40 minute video. And she really made her name in the beauty community as just creating way more content than anyone else. And then you have other creators who maybe they post once a week or twice a week um, or once a month now as they get bigger. So I think the the quantity can vary but it's really having that consistency, and and really having that drive as you're starting, because it's really hard to to start and kind of amass that first five thousand followers. Um, it gets a lot easier once you, you know, once you get up there in terms of hundreds of thousands.
0: So let's say I'm a brand and I'm thinking about you know dipping my toe into influencer marketing and working with an influencer. Like, what are the things I should be thinking about in that area? Because I think, you know, as consumers, we see that all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like my Instagram is full of influencers. But how do I know that working with one is a good idea for my brand?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, this space has just exploded in a way that I think few people outside maybe me with the marketing community understand other than, Hey, I'm on Instagram and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing a ton more brand sponsorships than, than I was two years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's over a $10 billion industry. Um, like it will be this year or, you know, it will surpass that next year. It's just, it's really aggressively taking off. Um, and that's because brands are really seeing that this works extremely well there are also a lot of brands doing it really poorly, um, and that's just like kind of come par, par for the course right now when um, you just have you know, so, many, so many brands trying it out and just trying out this, this new marketing technique. Um, a few things that I really recommend are uh, one is to really focus on who are you working with. And, um, don't just work with an influencer who you follow if you're like a marketing manager at a brand, like you really want to work with someone who reaches the core demographic that you're, that is your brand's customer. This sounds obvious. Uh, a lot of brands actually forget to do this. Um, you want to look at all the data behind, um, a given influencer's audience, you know, what's the gender breakdown, what's the age breakdown, what's the geographic breakdown, um, what brands do this person's audience follow? Uh, once you learn more about that, you're gonna get a much better idea uh, rather than just like, oh, they tend to get this many likes and comments per post. Uh, so I think that's hugely important right off the bat. The second part of that is the the person really has to love your brand or really like really like your brand. Bad influencer content is literally terrible um, and can actually do some pretty negative things for your brand. So you want to find people who genuinely, are super excited about this sponsorship and see this as, Oh, I really want to have like a longer term relationship with this brand because they're fantastic. I'm just, you know, I'm texting my friends that I'm actually going to get to work with them. This is super cool. And then I think a third thing is making sure that the incentive and the creative brief for the influencer um, are really in line. So we see a number of brands starting out who will give a 10 page deck of, you know, single spaced instructions to an influencer. And then they're like, cool, I'm going to give you product in a hundred dollars. You're like, this is going to take that influencer, like, you know, at least 10 hours to actually create a really great piece of content for you. And these instructions are really intense. So this incentive probably is not in line with what they need to be making in order for this to be a fair transaction. Those are like my top three. I have a lot more, but those are my top three.
0: So I love what you said about, you know, finding an influencer who loves your brand. Does, is that typically someone, you know, that I would search for that's already commenting on things that I'm doing on social or is that, you know, is it more of an outreach of, you know, influencers that I think could be a good fit based on their profile of who follows them and then starting conversations to see what they would think about it? Like, how do you recommend finding the right person? Yeah.
1: So, so we really like to do both. We like to look at what brands, um, and topics does this person post about frequently? Um, and, and what's the response to their from their audience when they post about that brand or when they post about that topic. So that's kind of, you know, first glance, that's important. We do find a lot of influencers who, uh, maybe they haven't posted about the specific brand yet, but they do love the brand. Um, or a great example is, we work with a lot of parenting and um, mom brands. A lot of influencers are just having their first kid. Maybe they haven't posted about that many uh, like, you know, parenting or, or, you know, kids clothing brands yet. So really learning more about, about influencers kind of where they are and in their lifetime and in their, like, you know, their own story is, is important too. So we do a lot of passive research where, Hey, they haven't actually posted about this yet, but, um, you know, but they're a new mom and and they're super interested in learning more. And they heard this was a great brand. And when we do outreach to them,
0: they're like, yeah, definitely. I'd love to hear more. So it's important to do both. So when you do that initial outreach, what do you recommend you do to start that conversation with someone Cause like to your point, you don't want to start it with saying them like a 10 page deck of single spaced content. How do you start to see whether or not it make, it makes sense where obviously they're creating content that benefits your brand, but then you're also, you know, paying them what their time and you know, level of effort is worth.
1: Yeah. So I think this is where influencer marketing gets pretty tricky for a lot of brands. Cause what we like to say like, Hey, you know, these are people not ad units. Like the more the most marketers are used to doing the most efficient thing and like the most efficient thing that's going to drive results. Working with people and trying to form relationships with people is inherently like less than efficient. Um, so that can kind of, that can definitely be hard when you're a brand trying to reach out to influencers because what you want to do is actually like, you know, send them a really nice tailored note either, you know, to their email, which is posted in their bio or via direct message. Uh, have it be customized to them, um, explain a little bit about your brand and why you like them, why they could be a great fit, try to get them on the phone or try to get them an email correspondence, and then show that you are committed to doing more with them. Um, That being said, that that is super hard to scale. (laughs) So, so that it, that, that it can be like the tricky thing for a lot of brands. And candidly, that's a lot of what my company does for companies is like, you know, they have initial success. They're like, Hey, we, you know, we did some outreach. We've built some really great relationships with like a few dozen influencers. We really want to work with, you know, several hundred or several thousand influencers. How do we go about that? How do we do that? Um, And that's really why I started obviously.
0: So thinking about kind of what you've said, you know, obviously, obviously you started, obviously that, that was funny. Um, (laughs) That happens a lot. (laughs) But thinking about, you know, influencers, a lot of times my mind goes to B2C, right? Where it makes sense. And, you know, for maybe baby products, it definitely makes sense in like the beauty, health and beauty area. Where else are you seeing influencer marketing used really well? Like, What other industries does it make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, it you know, the the big thing about 2021 for us has just been um it, the rapid expansion into verticals that really were doing very little in terms of influencer marketing in 2020 or in, in um 2019. We're now seeing like personal finance. Um we're seeing several in the B2B space. Um so, hey, do you have a blog? Do you have a podcast? Have you tried this new software? Um, you know, Are you editing videos? Are you, um, you know, producing your own music for the background of your TikTok videos? Uh, We'd love to work with you, we'd love to get in touch with you, we'd love for you to try out our product. Um, So, the B2B side is actually growing really quickly, and then also some of these verticals that you would think, oh, you know, insurance, they wouldn't work with influencers. We actually have like four. Uh, insurance clients right now. And they're, there's some of the largest in the industry. Uh, so it's, it, it's really changing, you know, it's not just the, the beauty influencer or the beauty company or the, uh, you know, great furniture brand. It's, it, it's almost, it's almost in every industry now.
0: Is there any industries where you think, you know, like I'm thinking B2B that it's harder to kind of find someone or the profile of the influencer looks just different than what you normally would see?
1: yeah. so it's really all about the identification and the and the recruitment of the right people. And, you know, say you're you know, say you're a library like a librarian influencer. Um, we could be finding people who have five thousand followers, but their five thousand followers are obsessed with the library sciences and are all the five thousand people that you really want to get in front of because that's what they care about. And when this person speaks, they listen. Um, so when you get into certain niches, it's really about finding the right people rather than the person who has half a million followers and has worked with a slew of other brands. Um, we do a lot of work where we're reaching out to a creator and they've never worked with, with a brand before. Um, and that's really exciting because usually they're like, oh my God, really? This is great.
0: Let's do this. So thinking about influencer marketing, I think, you know, it's really obvious how, It's changed like what shows up in my social feeds. It's created, you know, an income stream for a lot of people. What other benefits do you see happening from influencer marketing, both on the side of the influencer and the side of the business? Yeah. So I
1: think on the side of the influencer, this is now like a viable career path or a viable side hustle for someone who's really passionate about a given hobby um, or a given passion project. You know, you can be a yarn influencer. And that is a real thing. And we will get you real brands who want to work with you. And, you know, you could be really making like real supplemental income. Um, and maybe you could get to the point where you can grow it. So it's your your full-time gig. Uh, that is pretty wild. You know, like two decades ago, you what, have to get a book, de- a book deal in order to be like a yarn influencer and actually like tell people and share that with, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who care about um, that topic as well. So I just think this level of like meritocracy that's been created because everyone literally has a phone and a camera in their pocket and they can now create this content and they can, you know, create a career out of literally any niche. I mean, I know influencers who create DIY slime and, you know, make millions of dollars every year. Uh, so it's just like, what, where did all this creativity come from? And now there are no gatekeepers necessarily saying like, no, you can't, you can't do this. Like I've never heard of you. You don't have the pedigree. Um, you know, go back to wherever you came from. So I think that for me is super exciting from the influencer perspective. Like literally anyone can be an influencer, uh, if, you know, if they have what it takes. I think that for brands, what's great is that they're getting all of this feedback from people who really know a ton about their space. You know, like we work with a few fitness influencers, they know exactly what they like about those workout pants, and exactly what they hate about those workout pants. And their feedback is so, so specific, where we get the brand being like, oh my God, this focus group of creators, like this is the most intense (laughs) feedback on the fabric we're using and on the stitching and on the placement of the stitching and on the design. We can't believe that there was just this resource of super informed and passionate people out there who just know so much about our brand and so much about the space. And we can now tap into those people. You know, it's not just, hey, who's on our marketing team, who's around the conference table. It's now who's on the Internet who really loves and cares about this space as much as we do. Um, So that's actually a huge resource. And it's relatively untapped still. You know, we have a lot of brands who do branded content partnerships, but we're now starting to get more and more brands who are like let's just have coffee with these creators you know let's just have some like informal focus groups let's see who has some really great design ideas for our new products um and that just benefits like all consumers because their products and their brands get that much better
0: so how do you measure this because i think that's the one thing that is hard for people to do like obviously i've seen where like an influencer has a coupon code and you could clearly tie sales to that. But how do you, you know, what are other ways that brands are measuring this effort?
1: Yeah. So I think the, you know, the, the obvious one is, Hey, we sold 15% more of that product that day that that TikTok went live um so like that happens all the time where we're you know we have either a you know directly attributable attributable lift or an indirect lift uh, of sales from an influencer posting and that's amazing uh because that's literally what every marketer wants to see i think then you have other metrics like we reached this many people and this many people engaged with that content and here are the demographics of of the people who engaged with that content um and And you now reached a totally new customer who had no idea who your brand was prior to this work. Um, And then you have, hey, we have like this many people signed up to our email. Um, This many people signed up to attend an event. We sold this many tickets to an event. We had this many people actually come to a meet and greet in our store because this influencer and her friends showed up and talked about it uh, two weeks beforehand online. Uh, So there are a lot of ways to measure.
0: I think that it's just... It's just new for a lot of marketers. Do you find because it's new and it's harder to measure it, it makes marketers a little bit like anxious or maybe apprehensive in order to jump into testing out an influencer strategy? I think maybe that was true like
1: a year ago or a few years ago. That was really the conversations. But we have so many brands now who are like, yeah, we tested this out. This works really well for us. You know, Facebook ads are getting super expensive. Instagram ads are getting super expensive. Let's work with some people who are real who like love our brand and want to talk about our brand and um and let's scale this up. So, it's actually like I think it's really proven itself out in the market and we now just see this explosion of brands doing really, really savvy influencer marketing. I mean, we we have ambassador programs with a few like the top brands in the world. And the brands are coming to us with like awesome ideas. I'm like, oh, usually we're the ones who are pitching like all the really interesting ideas to them. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's working, it's working really well. And I think that that shift has really already been made.
0: So when you were to get, let's say you're getting started with influencer marketing for the first time as a brand, you know, is your recommendation start with one influencer and test it out? Or should I start with a couple different ones? How do I have enough, you know, it's kind of skin in the game to know that it's going to work or not work for my brand before I make, you know, like a rash decision about it.
1: I think you're, you're highlighting, um, a problem that a lot of brands deal with is just like, Hey, I want to dip my toe in the water here. It can be pretty time intensive to work with, to like find influencers, reach out to them, develop a rapport with them, give them a creative brief, negotiate, do the contract. You know, figure out how you're going to pay them, how you're going to send them the product, uh, approve the content, have it go live, report back on that. Like, that's a lot of work, even if you're working with one influencer. Right. So a lot of brands will then work with, hey, we'll work with two or three. But then the sample size just is not large enough to really know if you're able to, you know, truly see results. Did you just work with the wrong influencers? Was the incentive too low? Was the creative brief off? Um, You know, there are just so many different variables, just like with any other marketing channel. You really have to assess all the different variables um, and see what's working, what's not. So that's why, like, I'm a really big advocate for, like, hey, get to a scale where you can actually learn something significant from your first campaign. You know, whether that's working with, 25 influencers whether that's working with 100 influencers um make sure that you set it up so you actually can really learn something very specific uh, we have a lot of brands who are like yeah we tried this with a few we really couldn't tell anything i'm like yeah because you, you worked with two people like it's it's going to be really really hard unless one of them hits it out of the park for you um and then you still really don't know why that happened so you don't know why to, how to scale it either um so i think that that really is the challenge is just balancing hey this is a lot of work Versus like we need to reach a certain scale to make this, you know, something that's actionable in the future.
0: So let's say we, you know, get started with what you were talking about, like with 25, somewhere between 25 and 100 influencers. What type of investment are you typically going to need for something like that? Like what does it look like to really test out this strategy the right way? I mean, we really recommend
1: starting with at least $100,000. And I think if you do that, you're going to you're going to get great influencers and you're going to have a scale where you can say like, this worked for us. This didn't work for us. Here's what we should do going forward. Um, for smaller brands, that is a big commitment. And so we really say like, okay, well then, you know, test out with 10 influencers or test out with a lot of smaller influencers who are already talking about your brand a ton, get them to create more content for you. Um, start doing paid ads through their accounts. Like there's definitely a a number of things you can do there.
0: So speaking of that, you just mentioned paid ads through influencer accounts. What do you find works better when they're creating their own content, when you're doing paid ads that are targeting their followers? How does that, you know, what really drives the needle or do you need a combination of both?
1: Yeah. So we see on average uh, a performance increase of around 30% when the influencers create their own content. I think that's sometimes hard for brands to accept because they love the creative that they're creating and so do their creative agencies um but yeah influencers do a great job creating content that's like native to that platform that can get attention um so we're really big proponents of hey don't give us assets if you're the brand don't give us assets to promote through this person's account let's use assets that they create um and the results can just be uh really overwhelmingly positive
0: So what's the best advice you would give to someone if they're getting ready to start an influencer program for the first time?
1: My advice is really work with the right influencers for you and make sure that you set it up in a way that is measurable. Um, I see a lot of brands just like, hey, let's we'll just try this out. They don't set it up in a way where they can measure and learn. Uh, And and that's really frustrating because it does take a lot of time if you're doing it uh, manually.
0: Now on the flip side, if I'm an influencer and I'm getting started for the first time, and let's say I've maybe been posting my own content but more ad hoc and I want to take this seriously, how do I, you know, what should I think about as my strategy around content creation to be noticed by brands?
1: That's a good question. Um you know, it's really interesting because you'll have we there are a few influencers that we work with who are not that big who work with a lot of very high-end, like very cool, like Montclair, like Tiffany, like big, well-known brands. And it really just been like a snowball. Like they worked with one and then they did a really awesome job and they worked with another and then their name really got passed around as someone who's really great to work with. So, and then you have other people who are huge yet they really are not getting those really big brand deals that you'd expect. Um, So uh, one piece of advice that I would give is the brand, like be pretty picky about the brands you do work with because, you know, uh, a Tiffany does not want to work with someone who is working with like a detox tummy tea, like pretty much for the most part. Um, So you really need to know like, Hey, what's my niche? What's my vertical? What are the types of brands I realistically want to work with? So you don't shortchange yourself by working with maybe some kind of like tacky brands in the beginning. Um, so that's one thing be be picky make sure that they're brands you actually really like and the second thing is do a really good job with the brands that you do work with um, it's pretty new to be a content creator it's pretty new to have that be a job or to get compensated for that work so brands really appreciate it when you do what you say you're going to do and uh, and are really are pretty professional about it uh, and so that's that's really important too Um, And once you do those two things, you'll really develop a a good reputation. Your content will perform well because you actually really took the time to do an awesome job with that content. You didn't just phone it in, you know, like doing your homework at like, you know, 1159 um, and you have to email it in to your professor before midnight. Like if you do a really good job with it, it performs well. You then have a really great portfolio and you have a great portfolio of content that performed well for big brands. And you're just going to be able to build and build
0: and build from that. You've been listening to Real Marketers. If you love what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell a friend. All of this marketing goodness shouldn't be kept a secret.